I think a lot of couples for like, don't realize that you don't want to be managing that on your wedding day. You don't want to have to be directing that from the makeup chair and, you know, and getting phone calls of, oh, did this person show up? You should be able to enjoy the day completely. And I think a lot of couples, unfortunately, forget or don't realize that. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Curated Wedding Podcast. We talk all things wedding. I'm your host, Matt Genders, and today on the podcast, we have Buffalo-based wedding planner and event designer, Catherine Phillips. We'll be talking about some of the basics of getting started with a wedding planner, curating a wedding aesthetic, and making your wedding unique to who you are as a couple. We also get into some details about planning a wedding during COVID, making wedding changes, and the benefits of having a wedding planner through this whole process. All right, so let's jump into it. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, yourself first. Why don't you give us a little bit of background, um, just how you got into wedding planning, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah, I am a wedding planner in the Western New York area. I do mostly weddings in the Northeast, so I have covered areas such as Buffalo, Pittsburgh, um, the Adirondacks, and New York. And I actually, if you were to ask me five or so years ago, if I was going to be doing wedding planning, I... (laughs) I probably would have laughed in your face <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't I just didn't expect to be here but then looking back at some of my experience I'm also not surprised now. Uh, I originally my past experiences have been in the hospitality industry. I grew up there doing starting from the bottom as a hostess, server, have bartended and From there, I actually took my hospitality experience and moved into the PR and communications world representing hospitality clients. And that was some of my first exposure to events because we had clients that would do promotional events for um, just for public relation purposes. So I really enjoyed that space. I love the industry of hospitality. It was when I was working with a um, one of the restaurant directors who encouraged me to read uh, Setting the Table by Danny Myers. And that was when I was like, oh my God, I love hospitality because it's just the art of servicing others um, and trying to get to know them, making them happy, that sort of thing. So from there, I was actually asked by a friend to help her out. She was getting ready to start an event planning company. And because of my marketing experience, I said, let me help you get your website, your branding, everything all together. And um, that way I can help you like launch your business. And through that process, I did a whole mood board, really helped her understand what her, her business was going to be about. And she had such a good experience with that design process that when she got her first full planning client, she asked if I'd be interested in doing, if I would take a crack at design. And so I thought, okay, why not? 
So I, similar to the mood board experience that I did for her with her branding, I did that with her clients. I got to know them, tried to understand what it was they were hoping to accomplish with their wedding. And I ended up having such an amazing experience that it just started to snowball into this thing where it was like, okay, we're working together. So um, yeah, I, I mostly entered into the wedding industry as a designer. So uh, three years later, we decided to part ways because we were working in different markets and I was traveling a lot and I kind of wanted to concentrate more on the New York and Northeast area. So this past year, I, uh, the past fall in 2019, I stepped out and started on my own coming into 2020 thinking, <laughs> yes, ready for this building year and ready to launch. And uh, 2020 yeah. is going to be my year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I wish I, <laughs> I, I wish I could say that I wasn't one of those people, but yeah, I definitely was. Yeah. 2020, this is going to be it. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people felt that way and then it just unraveled quickly. <laughs> But um, nonetheless, I've still been fortunate to work with clients and it has just been a really great experience helping clients through one of these most challenging times that we've ever had, especially in this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so just for our listeners, um, <laughs> I think it's like, it's really hilarious that we're both kind of in the wedding industry at all, because uh, just a little little background on both of us. We actually met uh, at in high school, when we were in high school, uh, in one of our first jobs at a place called Craig Byrne Country Club. Um, yeah, and it was, I, I can't speak for Catherine, but uh, it was miserable. It was <laughs> a truly miserable experience. I was a dishwasher and then I was a busboy, which was a huge promotion that following year. Uh, but we did a lot of weddings. Uh, we worked for, for two people, um, who are just permanently ingrained in my memory. Um, <laughs> I mean, Deb, but it's it, it was a Barb and Judy. I think it was yes. right. Yeah. Chain smokers. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, but that is the thing about, um, I think the hospitality industry that has honestly, I mean, probably prepared both of us for this work. You come across a lot of different personalities in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and it, it truly is the art of managing people, right? And being able to work with different personalities. That is a huge key to being successful. And I, I don't know, I, I really enjoy the experience of getting to meet different people. I love that challenge of kind of trying to get to know people, what it is that, um, they expect in terms of service because each person is different. You know, some, especially in that environment, some people did want more of the traditional uh, straight laced service and some of some other people were a little bit more casual. And so learning, I mean, so it really was a lesson of working with people, which has been so, so helpful for me in this role now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you get definitely got a sense for, the different types of events that you can do. I mean, it was, it was you know, a, a fairly high-end golf club, especially for oh, yeah. the area that we were coming from. Um, you know, it, they did a lot of really, really nice events and a beautiful golf course. Uh, I remember one, for whatever reason, this one always sticks out in my head. There was like a Beatles um, tribute band at one of these events. Um, I was like, this is the weirdest 
just like, what is going on? But, you know, it was cool at the same time. I'm glad I did it. But, you know, I, many years down the road, I kind of picked up photography. And then I just think it's funny that, you know, my career has kind of come full circle in that way. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's cool that you're kind of learning all these lessons, you know, early on. Um, for me, I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Um, <laughs> dishwashing is is very tough work. Well, I can tell you that your work is much better suited in the photography world. So. <laughs> I think much more appreciated too. So <laughs> yeah, dishwashing was, was rough. Um, I do actually do a fair amount of food photography now, which is funny because every time I think about being back, I, like I, I, I photograph a lot of chefs like in the kitchen and stuff like that. And I'm always reminded of those, those first couple of years that I was working. I was like, um, it's I, it's kind of bittersweet, actually. I, I look on some things fondly, and I do enjoy actually being back there. But um, don't I wouldn't want to be a dishwasher again. That was a yeah, <laughs> once in a lifetime no, type no, thing. Yeah, no, it's I'll pass. Um, <laughs> yeah, cool. So uh, yeah, twenty twenty has been a, a bit of a, an interesting interesting year, uh, especially to. Um, you know, at such a formative time uh, for you, especially, uh, you know, where you kind of have made that decision to do your own thing. And then, you know, everything came kind of shutting down. Um, we did the most gorgeous shoot together uh, back in February. It was just incredible. You have put together the most incredible aesthetic with, um, you know, the, the table setup was just just amazing and a great venue. Um, and the, uh, you know, everything just, just tied together so seamlessly. It was, it was really, really, really great. Um, and if you are listening and you want to check it out, uh, it's on both of our blogs. It's probably plastered all over my website because the photos are just incredible. I mean, it was just, a, it was a really great event. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for something that is just like going to blow your mind aesthetically, then check out this shoot. Uh, is that, uh, is a shoot called, well, the venue is called 500 Pearl, so you'll see it on our websites. Um, but let's talk a little bit about kind of getting started planning a day or, you know, planning a shoot like that. Um, what are some of the first steps? Like, for instance, if I was a couple that had just gotten engaged, um, I wanted to reach out to a wedding planner um, and I sent you an email. Uh, I don't really know what the first step is. So what, you know, what is kind of the breakdown with, with where we go from just square one. Right. So, I mean, I think that even suggesting that couples reach out to a planner first, even if they don't know that they're going to end up hiring one in the end, I'm going to tell you now it's, it's going to be worthwhile because it will save you a lot of time uh, for yeah. sure. So I'll just plug that right away, but it will save you tons and tons of time. Yes. And I don't, Speaking for myself, but I, I want to say that I've, I'm almost positive that many other individuals in my industry feel the same way. We just want to help. <laughs> and so even if it's just a 30-minute inquiry and I can provide, answer any questions that you have as a couple or provide guidance, I'm more than happy to do that. I think there are, and there are many other planners in the industry that are happy to do that because the reality is, is you're not supposed to know (laughs) 
how to plan a wedding, especially if they mm-hmm. scale, you know, our things have changed a lot since even when our parents got married and, you know, what is expected of these events and they have become just so there's a lot of moving pieces, right? So I think it's, it's understandable that you don't know where to begin. So reaching out to someone who this is their day in and day out, it's going to benefit you no matter what. Yeah. And they also know your local market too, right? So they can give you uh, vendor recommendations as well. Um, Kind of you're, you're starting the building blocks. Um, Planner would be square one so that you can really get kind of a foothold in, in, in where you are and who to ask and, they know all the experts is what I'm basically trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're happy to point people in that direction because the reality is, is the reason I got into this and, or like I said earlier, I didn't really expect to get into this, but mm-hmm. I guess you could say the reason why I stay is because getting to help people have a really fulfilling wedding day has just been the greatest thing I feel I can contribute. And so even if it really, even if that interaction is just that 30 minute consultation that I have, but if you walk away feeling like, wow, I have a little bit more direction than I did 30 minutes ago, then it's going to be worth it. Right. So, um, I would definitely suggest reaching out to planners first and foremost, because I think, you know, no matter what, in what capacity you hope to use them, whether it is full planning or just day of, I I think it's a hundred thousand percent worth it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, so after people reach out to you and you have that initial consultation, um, let's say they book, um, what happens next? Okay. So it really depends based on the service that you end up choosing. So as I kind of mentioned, there are planners that do full service planning for full service planning, which is what it sounds like. You know, we're, we're taking you from beginning to end, booking your vendors, reviewing contracts, managing your budget, doing the design, then being there on the wedding day. I mean, so we are holding your hand the entire way. Um, but then there are a lot of other planners that do what's called what either wedding day management or day of coordination. And typically that comes in more after you as a couple have already secured a lot of your own vendors. You have everything pretty much lined up in terms of your contracts. It's just about organizing that into a a cohesive timeline and being that person on the day of who is really running the show. Because I think, you know, I'll be honest, I I have a hard time understanding now at this point how anyone does a wedding without even just a day of coordinator, because there are so, like I said earlier, there are so many moving pieces that are going on. And I, I think a lot of couples for like, don't realize that you don't want to be managing that on your wedding day. 
you don't want to have to be directing that from the makeup chair and, you know, and getting phone calls of, oh, did this person show up? Like, you should be able to enjoy the day completely. And I think a lot of couples, unfortunately, forget or don't realize that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it can be very stressful um, if you have 10 people asking you questions and you're on the phone half the morning trying to get ready. Uh, it's Yes, using a, a wedding planner will help alleviate a lot of that stress. And oh, actually, yeah. uh, you know, talking, especially in today's day and age uh, with COVID and everything, you know, having someone alongside you who not only had say if we're talking full service wedding planning, mm-hmm. um, who had booked all of the clients and or not clients booked all the vendors mm-hmm. and read all the contracts and did the budgeting and stuff like that. Then when it comes time to make changes on your wedding day because of COVID or have to, you know, move the wedding date, anything like that, then having a wedding planner kind of on your side is key. Oh my God. Yes. I, I mean, even this past year, having to make adjustments and make calls like on on things that you know I haven't come across, but at least being able to go off of my previous knowledge has been so helpful. Um, and you know, really, at the end of the day, we become an advocate in helping you execute the, the vision of your wedding day. So having us there at the beginning, and you know. If anything, the hope is that we're doing it not only how you envision, but even better than what you could have imagined. Yeah, definitely. Because of us having the experience and things that you might not have thought of prior to planning a wedding. So, um, so yeah, I would, I definitely think um, to kind of go back and answer your question, you know, in terms of where we start, I mean, we could be starting from the very beginning or we could be starting 90 days out. It really depends. But um, I mean, I'd like to think though, that even the people that hired just for a day of coordination, like I, I do always take some time as I'm onboarding them and to kind of be like, Hey, if you need any guidance, reach out to me. If there's any questions that come up along the way, even though I'm just your person on the day of and say like the contract or the services start 90 days out. If you need extra hands or you need extra guidance, reach out to me, ask me questions. And if it seems, if it's something that after talking and we realize that it might need more attention than you had originally planned on, then I'm happy to help in terms of booking additional consultative hours. And I think that that's another thing planners most planners are willing to do is yeah hire us at an hourly rate if you need additional work to be done prior to those um wedding day management services starting yeah um great so let's talk a little bit about uh creating a a a fine art aesthetic Uh, i put fine art in quotations because it's kind of an ambiguous word um, it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, it when you, when you see it, mm-hmm. um, I think both of us would consider ourselves in kind of the, the fine art aesthetic or a fine art, um, you know, industry, I guess, uh, compared to other photographers or wedding planners. So, um, let's talk a little bit about what makes a wedding 
um, fine art. Uh, so basically, uh, I, I, and I know that that question is intentionally, it, it's pretty vague and open-ended. Um, yeah, but um, I was, I think a lot of, and it's interesting because that using fine art, it has started to become a really popular trend. And then it just starts, it almost starts to kind of, like you said, it becomes ambiguous, but. Oh, it's I, totally lost its meaning. Yeah. The, the word fine art. I mean, what does that even mean? When I, <laughs> when I think of fine art, I think of like, you know, things inspired by the Renaissance or something like, you know, something like, like oil paintings. Um, yeah. So like, what does fine art mean? Um, you know, it's, it's, it, well, you know, what's so funny. It's, I actually attribute it a lot to you and the photographers and how you capture it. Right. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I was having this conversation actually the other day with another photographer where I said, you know, I, I'm so appreciative of photographers because you are able to take my work and make it look even better based on your skills and ability in photography, <laughs> because I can tell you right now, um, you you could have two different photographers and the same setting could look completely different based alone on the photographer. Like it, it could give you a totally different feel and vibe. And um, so I'll be honest, I really attribute it to you guys <laughs> making it look fine art. And um, I, I think I noticed early on that in my, <laughs> um, that fine art is really, a, a lot of it comes down to film photographers and that and the reason that is is as film photographers if if you learn from that original place when you're working with film you have to slow down more because you only have a certain amount of frames so i i just in my experience in working with film photographers even if they now they not they're not just doing film we call them hybrid photographers where they both bring their film camera, they have their digital camera. Um, but even when they are switching to their digital camera, they are just, they have the, the skill set to really slow down and be very just careful with their frame and putting and making sure they're not just like shooting rapid fire and just having a bunch of images. Like, you know, they're the type of people who can get that, that awesome shot in like two to three instead of 20. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th that's a great point. Uh, if you are a follower of my blog, uh, just ignore the last two blog posts because they kind of go into why I stopped shooting film. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. I think that there is an intentionality that comes with, with shooting film on a day. And there is something to be said about the actual aesthetic of film, uh, the texture, the look, the um, has kind of a, um, a feel to it that is almost nostalgic um, because, you know, film was the, the medium for hundred, a hundred years um, and then we switched to digital and then all of a sudden you have all these crazy trends popping up about, you know, you have these like dark and moody photographers and stuff like that. Um, whereas film feels very, um, timeless and classic. Uh, I will say that there is, uh, 
there are ways to make digital look like film now. Uh, so it's easy to be easy to be fooled. Um, but yeah, there is definitely something to be said about uh, the film photography way, I guess, um, where there is you slow down, you're intentional, uh, you have kind of a a sensibility to mm-hmm. shooting a wedding day that you might not have if you're trying to just rapid fire through the whole day. Right. And you touch on intentionality. And I think that that, so in you doing that with your craft, I have equally tried to do that with mine in how I really, if, like I said, if I'm doing design and I'm helping a couple from the beginning, how I typically design is I'm, I'm really infusing the couple and their love story into the day and doing that with very simple details. Right. Um, and it, it, it doesn't have to always be super big and flashy. I, I really try to make, I, I really love personally, I love a little bit more of a subtle approach and um so for example one way that i've accomplished that before was a couple where um the bride her and her family were well her and the couple or her and her sorry um (laughs) the bride and the groom were really big foodies and the bride came from a vegetarian family and the groom he's a huntsman and does a lot of um, outdoor, um, sports. And he, so what we did with their menu, they were like a match made in heaven right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they, you know, so they, one of the big things is when I'm working with, with my couples, I'm like, what is your biggest priority? Like, what is the most important thing to you finding that, finding that thing, really focusing on it and doing it really well. And then everything else just kind of falls into place naturally. So for them, they they said we want an we want an awesome menu. We want great food because we're such big foodies. I said okay. So I worked with their caterer to put together a menu that really was a reflection of them and their and their families and you know the groom's hobbies. So it was a fall wedding. So we had. Um, we had venison pops, we had local trout, trout that was caught in the area. Um, then we also had a pumpkin lasagna for the vegetarian side of the family. And it was just this like really unique experience. And a lot of their guests just said, we had never had food like this at a wedding. (laughs) And, and that's what we kind of want to do is really kind of surprise them with something different, but something that was very intentional and really again it it told the story of the couple all through something that is just you know just their food and it wasn't necessarily like this big grand thing but you know they the guests remembered that because it was such a unique and custom menu yeah i am so glad you brought that up because i think if we're talking about wedding trends in the industry that we, you know, we like, or we don't like, I think the biggest one that is a blessing and a curse is, uh, social media or Instagram to be specific, uh, (laughs) where, where couples kind of get lost in the idea of having this huge, big thing 
of how it's going to look on social media. Uh, and what gets completely lost in the mix is this idea of it being about the couple and the intentionality behind the day, um, making it more of a um, specific and intimate to who they are as people uh, and, and central to who they are as a couple versus trying to make um, a production, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up and I'm really glad that it's a priority that you, you kind of look at when you're wedding planning. Um, because the most important part of the day is not about stuff. It's about you two as a couple and it's about you leaving the day as a married couple. Um, so. And I say that often to them, I say, you know, I want you to remember at the end of all of this, there is a marriage and that is what we're celebrating and to not stress or get too hung up because there can also be a lot of anxiety that goes into the day and a lot of, yeah, for sure. Pressure. But, um, it, it's really, I, I try to bring them back and, and, and reiterate a lot that it's about you too. It's about your love story. That is what we're celebrating. Um, and that should be the main focus at the end of the day and if I can help accomplish you know celebrating it and and tell their story in a way that comes out in the details of the day great and but I I yeah (laughs) Instagram and social media it's hard because I think a lot of people are just so inundated with all these images all the time and they think that they have to do it all well it's hard when you look at you know regardless of whatever it is on Instagram, it is so hard to feel or to not feel less than, you know, of of whatever it is. Um, I think that social media is set up to make you feel like um, you need to have bigger and better. um, And in reality, that's not going to produce much fruit, I guess. Uh, You know, it's just going to, it's going to create resentment or whatever it may be. Uh, I just think that, you know, if you want to do something, it has to come from your own heart. It can't come from uh, a place of wanting to look good for, for other people or for social media. Right. Um, and, you, and even just, you know, I, I find that whenever I have couples who bring an idea or they're, you know, they're showing me images of something else. I'm always trying to find a way to make it uniquely their own too. Yeah. You know, not trying to um, replicate, but trying to create a new experience. Uh, that is definitely always one of my missions as well, um, because it's really easy to just replicate something. But in terms of creating something unique to them, I mean, that is what I'm really setting out to do. Because again, you know, you're, you are your own unique couple and you have your own story. And that is something that deserves to be celebrated. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Really. Um, just, it's a huge lesson of trusting your gut and your intuition. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I tell that to my couples all the time, trust your gut. If your gut is telling you something and you, you, you see this and you feel like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Then, don't don't yeah, feel it's probably not for you yeah which is fine um 
Yeah, let's let's talk uh let's talk about the most intimate uh of weddings, you know, the the micro wedding, which has kind of popped out of this um out of COVID. Um <laughs> what I've seen a lot this year is weddings of 15 people or less. And right. honestly, you know, because they've been so personal and so much about the couple and only surrounded by close friends and family, they have been really special, really intimate, uh, really beautiful days. Um, and I think that it has surpassed, uh, the expectation of a lot of people because they think that they need this, this huge wedding day to get married when, when really, um, all they need is, is their, their family and their friends around them. And, um, you know, an intimate meal. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of these trends that you're seeing coming out of COVID that um, you would like to see continue, whether it be the micro wedding or, you know, whatever, what, um, what are some things you're seeing right now that you would love to plan in the future? So I, I'm with you on that, on <laughs> the micro weddings yeah. being a really great thing, because I think a lot of people originally when they went into it they had a certain budget in mind for a guest list of 150 to 200 people and then when they're told okay you can only have 50 to 20 even less people it's all of a sudden you have you may maybe you have this money that you had budgeted and you got a little room left to do something a little bit more personalized and a little bit more you can put more design details in it into it and again I, it is a really, really, I, I personally, I love to see it. And it's funny because I also, even prior to COVID happening, I, I actually worked with a lot of couples who (laughs) now, fortunately they did have the big wedding and they ended up enjoying it in the end. But prior to that, they were, they were like, before you came along, I was so stressed and my parents wanted this big wedding and this wasn't really what we wanted. We just wanted to elope, but you know, Thankfully, we had you here to kind of manage everything and it felt less stressful. But um, it's interesting because what I heard, though, in that is that originally what we wanted or what was best for us, at least what they thought, was having something more intimate. And now it's kind of been, I, I'm sh- I am sure for some of these couples this past year, it has been like a blessing in disguise because they're secretly getting their way. <laughs> like yeah. I, And I think... Um, which I think is a good thing because it, it, um, it can show, you know, some of, especially the older generation or the parents, uh, maybe they have been exposed to weddings through, or these micro weddings through other family members. And they can see that they can be just as meaningful, just as powerful, um, even with a smaller group of people. So I would agree. I would love to see a greater mix of intimate weddings along with these big weddings to continue. And another trend I would love to see coming out of it is just being more intentional about your guest list. Let me tell you, (laughs) like I have had to, a lot of my clients, I basically had to tell them, you know, okay, we have to prepare for the worst. And what you have to do with your guest list is you have to make an A, B, and C list. (laughs) Um, And I think it's interesting because, you know, 
it does help you see a little bit, you know, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have big gatherings and those are great too. But I think kind of what you mentioned earlier, it's, it's great to show that you can still have a meaningful and impactful and memorable wedding day with just a small group of your closest family and friends. Um, so I think, you know, (laughs) if you're worried about that, that, second cousin and should they be invited maybe now you can reconsider inviting them (laughs) yeah Um, or your parents like one work friend from 10 years ago exactly i i just i never really understand um and unfortunately i it's it is because i think that there is that push from parents who you know they want this as an opportunity to show off a little bit and you know sometimes that's what they turn the wedding day into but um in terms of coming back to my role as a wedding planner I a lot of times I become an advocate for my couples in helping them really kind of establish with mom and dad hey no like this day is about us this day is about our love story I don't know that work friend and I don't want to be introduced to someone new on my wedding day like I'm (laughs) I'm not there to make introductions I'm there to celebrate my wedding day with my closest family and friends so yeah I think the um, pinnacle of awkwardness is having to introduce yourself on a wedding day to someone when you're the the person getting married right like that that's the peak right there yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that um that will be a trend that kind of carries on too. It's just being a little bit more thoughtful about your guest list. Yeah. Uh yeah, I would 100% agree with that and hopefully well, you know, we'll we'll see what happens like a year or two down the lo- the road when when covid eventually fingers crossed goes away. Um we'll see kind of what are the more long lasting trends out of this. I certainly hope that's one of them. Um, just because they, the, the days that have, you know, kind of come out of this have been really special. Um, and I want that for future couples. And the, you know, the cool thing is if you have a larger budget for a wedding and you have less guests, then you can do some really cool stuff, really cool <laughs> especially thing. if you have a planner. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I'm talking renting the custom, dishware the custom chairs oh, yeah. and i mean when do you really get an opportunity to have such honestly an elevated and adult affair you know like i think that it's just like the ultimate dinner adult dinner party <laughs> when it becomes something a little bit more intimate so mm-hmm. um yeah and that custom menu where that sounds <laughs> so good what was that a pumpkin lasagna? Pumpkin lasagna, and it was like honestly, it was the best thing I've ever tasted. Like, and it was just it was so fun making that menu, and it was really just different and unique. And there were a lot of other, there are so many other items that I can't even remember. And it, don't get me wrong, they were also a really awesome caterer. That when I came to them and I said, you know, we want to do something a little bit more custom and off the menu, they were they we're all game for it. They said, Oh my gosh. Yes. So I think that that's another thing is, um, a lot of couples think that they're, that, you know, you have to follow the status quo or what everyone else did, but I'm, I'm here to encourage you to say, do something unique. Don't be afraid to ask vendors questions because just because they haven't necessarily done it before, 
doesn't mean that they aren't open to the idea because maybe they just haven't had someone that has come to them yet with that idea. And I, I think that that is the other benefit is work, of working with skilled and experienced vendors is that, you know, I, I get that sometimes, again, you kind of see the things on Instagram and you liked maybe something that they've done before and you're like, oh, please do exactly that. And, you know, I think sometimes there is a little bit of trepidation from vendors saying, okay, well, like, you know, they want to make the client happy. And, um, but I, I think, you know, especially me as a planner and a designer, I'm that one who's like, okay, well, like maybe if we do it like this, or we try looking at this, or how about we tweak it? And all of a sudden couples are, oh, okay. I didn't know that that was a a possibility. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I really, my gosh, I encourage couples to try and do something a little bit more out of the box and just finding something that is uniquely them for that day. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been on a bit of a crusade with this actually recently because, um, I want couples to, um, I, I don't want couples to think that they have to do everything like, like everyone else has done. Uh, so recently, uh, I was talking to, um, some folks about engagement sessions and I'm like, you know, you could do an engagement session anywhere if you wanted to. An engagement session is a really great opportunity to kind of get photos outside of your wedding day. Uh, it's a great opportunity to get comfortable in front of the camera. Uh, so you, you don't have to do it in the same spot that everyone else has done it. You could, you could pick a really cool location. I had a couple this summer who um, they decided they wanted to get engaged in Newport, Rhode Island. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. Let's, I mean, it doesn't cost very much for me to go up to Newport. So uh, you get some incredible photos uh, and you're just doing something a little bit different. Um, I mean, they're getting married in Maryland. Uh, so uh, it's just, you know, something totally different. So I'm always looking for ways to, you know, whether it be wedding planning or, you know, whatever, just like you don't have to do things like everyone else has done. It's okay to be outside the box thinker and to try and to try something new. Uh, and it's okay to ask questions because um, whether you are the photographer or the wedding planner, we are here to answer questions. We are here to get, uh, to give advice. Um, so, you know, always feel like you can ask us um, whatever it is. Uh, we're here to listen and we're here to help. Um, cause we are, we're resources. We I mean, we've done hundreds of these weddings. So, um, yeah, we're here for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, let me just go back to my list here and make sure we're not missing anything that I wanted to cover. Um, I think that we're, we're doing really good. Um, I heard that there is going to be something like 18 inches of snow in Buffalo. Oh. Yeah. Getting um, a big storm tonight. <laughs> um, we have the weather, uh, the winter weather warning as of 1 a.m. tomorrow morning, but it's definitely for the South Downs. So, man, uh, December 1st, and all of a sudden, you never really know. I mean, in Buffalo, it could be like it could snow like, you know, barely anything all, all winter, or you get pounded. So, December 1st, it's like it's coming. 
Well, I was actually thinking though, I'm grateful like so because it's it's that time of year. Okay, you know, we're past the fall, the peak leaves have all I mean, all the leaves have fallen. So now you just got a bunch of brown trees. Yeah. Um and, so, and you're inside anyway, you know, so it's like you might as well be snowed in. I know, I know. So anything to kind of make it a little bit prettier, but um yeah. I mean, we're living up to our name. Just, just like I said, December one, we're ready for it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm going to be up there in a few weeks for some skiing. So hopefully this snow sticks around. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I can even get back. I mean, I don't know about your Christmas plans, but how was, what was your Thanksgiving? Like, did you uh, end up seeing some family? Um, we, I, so the plan was to just, I mean, we're trying to be strictly COVID friendly. I, I actually live with a roommate and we were just going to do a little small Thanksgiving here, be resourceful for, with what we have in the apartment. Um, and then last minute, unfortunately, my parents who also live um, in the area, their water heater went. And so oh, they no. were able to do any cooking. Yeah. So my mom, my, um, you know, my mom is just, oh, well, you know, we'll just heat up a chicken pot pie and that will be our so depressing. I was like, oh my God, I cannot, I can't live thinking about them because especially my dad is a very nostalgic kind of man. Yeah. <laughs> and so they came over, masked up and I, cause I said, no, you guys have to come over. I cannot have my parents eating a chicken pot pie on yeah, Thanksgiving. For real when we were cooking more than enough food for even just the two of us. So it, there's plenty for us to share with them. And yeah, we had a, a little socially distanced uh, Thanksgiving in our apartment and it was great. And it was so, I don't know, similar to our micro wedding trends. It's, it was just so much more enjoyable without like the stress of a bunch of other people like just having that intimate like my roommate and my parents and it was just very relaxed and we you know we ate dinner and then we chilled out and listened to music and it was it was a really good time so yeah yeah that sounds nice uh if anything this, this year has has taught us to appreciate the people around us uh and um just you know basic interaction you know we really right. appreciate that especially yeah. when you know the beginning of the year it was like it was pretty scary it's like when am I going to see anyone ever again um <laughs> it's not quite like that now but uh you do you do still appreciate you know just being being able to enjoy other people's company and um the holidays certainly are much more special so yeah, yeah. yeah. cool well uh thank you so much for joining us uh let's uh, I do want to find out where we can find you on the internet. So uh, what's your website, your Instagram, stuff like that. So my website is katherinephillips.co and my name is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. That A in the middle tends to get people. So, and then Phillips with two L's. <laughs> and then you can find me at Catherine E. Phillips on Instagram. And, you know, if you look at Matt's wonderful Instagram though, I'm tagged in a few of his photos. So you should be able to find me there too. Yeah. If you spend like more than two seconds on my Instagram page, then you should be able to find her work. Uh, Cause it's, plastered all over there i can't wait for the next shoot we got to do another one soon because i can't believe the last one was like a year ago pretty much at this point so well i'm uh, hoping that 
we're gonna shoot and it'll be actual real weddings i can't wait to get back to those more yeah right uh <laughs> real weddings. it'll be a real wedding so um all you brides out there who are listening um book Catherine as your planner because you will not be sorry um she is the bomb um and i can't wait to work with her in future so uh yeah thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you soon yeah thank you so much matt i appreciate it there you have it many thanks to Catherine for joining the podcast Please hit subscribe if you haven't already for many more conversations in the future. And I look forward to seeing you next time. 